Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. Today we have running back, tailback, Corey Clement, 5'10, 220 pounds, 26 years old. We know him from the Eagles. He had some success versus the Giants in the past, but we're going to forgive him for that. Do you remember when Corey Clement was signed and who he was signed with the same day? He was signed, we put out an episode in like May, on May 18th we put out an episode. So I'm going to say around maybe May 17th. I'm going to say next day we had an episode out. And Calvin Benjamin. It was after rookie camp. Calvin Benjamin and, and Corey Clement were signed. What day did we sign him? Do you know the exact day? Probably like two weeks. May 18th might make sense. I don't know. I don't know. May 17th makes sense because we put on an episode May 18th reacting to it. Then, yeah, May 17th. That there makes sense. Go. All right. Signed as a rookie camp invite along with Kelvin Benjamin. In 2020, 21 carries, 75 yards, a touchdown, five catches for 25 yards, a down year. Didn't play in 2019. 2018, 68 carries, 259 yards, two touchdowns, 22 catches for 192 yards. And then in 2017, 74 carries, 321 yards, four touchdowns, 10 catches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. Had the 100-yard receiving game in the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Justin, he is a quick, elusive back with receiving ability, and he's going to be the RB3. It's kind of crazy that he's 220 pounds. Yeah, I almost don't <laughs> believe that. <laughs> he's beefy. If he was like 6'1", yeah, but he's 5'10". I don't. I almost don't believe he's 220 pounds. You know, because I was looking into, like, you know, how is he as a pass blocker, which may be the most irrelevant thing when you have Saquon Barkley and Devontae Booker, who is, you know... Well versed in everything, but not spectacular in anything, you know. But I was looking at his pass block, and I'm like, this dude's 220 pounds. So I, you know, and the fact that he graded out well, yes, I just looked at the PFF grades. He graded out well as a pass blocker in 2018. Actually, graded out pretty well. Fact that he did that, and he's 220 pounds. I think that, you know, he's beefy. He could, he could take it. He could take. He could take some blitzers coming up the middle. Bobby Skinner. Is it crazy to say that Clement can be an RB two on? Some teams, even though like he was a rookie camp invite, is it crazy? No, to say? not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, and one of my things for him is if Saquon were to go down again last year, it was like panic mode. It's like Wayne Gallman, we're not even keeping him active. Let's sign Devontae Freeman. If Saquon were to go down again, I feel a lot better now with Devontae Booker and Corey Clement because yeah. Clement can kind of you know fulfill some of those third down receiving roles with. Saquon Barkley, I view him as the same role as Deion Lewis was supposed to have last year. Like, that's what I think his role will be. Like, you know, using some receiving stuff, um, you know, certain care, you know, maybe a, a carrier to a game. Okay, Deion Lewis had 29 carries last year, and that's without Saquon. Over under care, that many carries for Corey Clement. 29, that's, what, that's two a game? It's less than two a game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, can I, can I hit 29? No, you got to go over under. Twenty nine right. is not a number you push push on. Over under twenty nine. Push. Uh, I'm going. I'm going over and with the. Th- how about thirty? How about that? <laughs> I'm going under, because he is the RB three at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and as much as they want to ease Saquon back in, I don't think it's going to mean that means like or it's like Saquon is like a it's a split back with Booker and Corey Clement. Um, and and Booker is going to get that those RB two carries. You know, so I do think it's going to be under. So I I, I think he'll have a limited role. And he has a player with flaws to his game. Like, and I think we saw a little bit in this preseason game. He likes to bounce. Like, when the hole may not be, like, wide open and obvious, he likes to bounce the bounce the play. He likes to and bounce, he's, and he's not Saquon Barkley. Yes, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> while he's elusive and has some ability, and some of those plays will become big plays, 
you know, or, or you know, good decent plays. He doesn't have that much ability where it's like, oh my gosh, this big play threat of Corey Clement. And he's got fumble issues. He has six fumbles on 200 career touches when you when you add up his carries and his receiving, like six fumbles. So fumble in the preseason. The, we, yeah, we saw the fumble in the preseason again. So he's got he he's not like a like he's he's a, he has issues. But I think as an RB three, I feel very confident about him. And if somewhere they go down, he's RB two. It's like okay, I feel a lot better than this than I would have uh, a Gary Brightwell type. Yeah, and that that's exactly where I was going to go next, where I feel a lot better about Corey Clement being on the team because he also does have special team ex- experience. What does he have special teams experience in? I don't know, because I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to formulate takes based off of special teams, but you still have to consider it. So I would rather have him, Corey Clement that is, because he has extensive special teams experience with some sort of upside as an RB3 compared to Gary Brightwell, who was solely drafted to be a special teamer, and he's not that great of a running back so um pedigree is a big play guy eagles super bowl receiving touchdown averaged 12 yards after the catch in 2018 when he had 22 catches and uh bobby you made you did make a video on Corey clement's best moments against the giants i recommend people checking that out or maybe you want to share it again because we're doing a ppp maybe i'll share it from the talking giants account because how about i retweet it right now yeah just randomly It'll be on people's timeline, so like you can go back and look like a couple days for it. So I'll, there's some I good moments. He had some touchdowns, broken tackles, even some moments I, I last a, year in 2020. Who do you think was the top Giants receiving back in 2020? He had 127 receiving yards. Um, that's a great question. It, it had to be Gallman. No, it was Deion Lewis. It was Deion Lewis. Yeah, because it's funny. Almond doesn't add anything as a receiver. That's one reason why he's not here. It, it's funny how you said how, you know, Corey Clement is going to be what Deion Lewis was last year or what we wanted Deion Lewis to be last year. But I feel like that's that's two different things. What we wanted Deion Lewis to be last year and what he was last year are two very different things. So um, yeah. I think over I think under, you're, yeah. Well, let's, I'm hitting another over unders. Does he surpass the 127 receiving yard from Deion Lewis in his career? I. I'm going to say it's under because in 2018, where he got 68 carries, he's not going to get that many. He had 22 catches for 192. In 2017, he had 10 catches for 123, and he had 74 carries that year. So he's only gone over once. So I'm going to say under. Yeah, I'm also going to say under. I think it's more likely that he gets more carries than catches because I think the Giants are going to have to tell Daniel Jones to intentionally target Saquon Barkley in the passing game. Because he's that's not just just what that's not typically what he does. Daniel Jones, he's not going to be checking down to the running back. He would rather check down to the tight end. And I'm not. And if Saquon Barkley ever goes down, I don't think the Giants are ever going to tell Daniel Jones, "Hey, you have to throw the ball to Corey Clement." Yeah, that's true. And I and as much as we didn't like the way like Dion Lewis wasn't what I expected him to be, it's like they flat out just used him as a receiver reps. You know, where it was like, you know, the Tampa Bay touchdown. There was a third down versus Washington. The Philly throw on the sideline. So there was like actual receiving reps for Deion Lewis that I don't think Corey Clement would get. So maybe the most inconsequential player that we do a PPP on is Corey Clement. Maybe yeah. a Fedio Denebo, now that we're looking back at it. Yeah, that's that, that's going to be fun to listen to. The Especially, you know, <laughs> is Fedio Denebo going to get cut? It's kind of bizarre. Um yeah, Bobby, I think we had to fill in a little behind the scenes. Look, we had to fill in Corey Clement because somebody else didn't get a PPP or we just needed to find a player to fill the date. And Corey Clement fit the bill. So sorry we're doing this to you, Corey Clement. We're excited for you, but probably not going to get a lot of reps if Saquon's healthy. All right, let's take a break. 
Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. The X-Man. The other X-Man. Xavier McKinney, six foot, two hundred one pounds, twenty-two years old, second rounder out of Alabama. You guys know the story. Broke his foot in 2020 training camp. Missed 10 games on the IR. He was the reason Logan Ryan was signed, by the way. We thought he was going to be play corner. You know, mine and your debate. Like, does he play outside, maybe? Or does he just stay in the nickel? Because, like, we we have the big needed outside. Nope, they were going to play his ass as safety. And then he got an extension. Justin, it's a theme for many New York Giants defenders. He's another versatile player. And they may play him free. Uh, you know, at free safety. At strong safety. at And I think, honestly... A lot of his value this year with Logan Ryan and Jabril Peppers could be taking cornerback reps. Whoa. Throw that on me right now? That's bizarre. The exciting thing about Xavier McKinney, Bobby Skinner, is that he's basically working as a free agent slash draft acquisition. He found a way to sneak in 20% of the defensive reps, by the way, last year, which if you were to quiz, I think every Giants fan, they would say there's no way. Yeah, I guess he found a way. 20% of the defensive reps he got last year. But still, I didn't feel like his impact was on the field as much as we want it to be last year. And that's not a bad thing. Dude had a foot injury, probably wasn't conditioning all that much throughout the whole season, and then he kind of comes back, and he's thrown into the fire late at towards the latter part of the year where we're facing Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, who have a decent offense, decent offensive system. Um, that's maybe debatable. But Baltimore Ravens definitely have a very good offensive system, and I think he struggled a little bit in that game. But then Dallas, he had some really good moments too, which um, which was a really good way to end the season with that game-saving, game-winning interception that he had from a Leonard Williams QB hit. So it's exciting that McKinney is working as like this acquisition that now we are adding to this defense that we can have for the entire year, hopefully, and he can be this no, another chess piece that Patrick Graham has. He's went through the camp process. He's went through these practices. He played a little bit of preseason. So let's rock and roll, Xavier McKinney. What do you got on him, Bobby? Well, I want to ask you, box deep and cornerback, what percentage yep. did he have the highest percentage snaps at? I'm willing to bet, well, ooh, corner, you throw that at me again. I'm going to go free slash corner then everything then box that follows cornerback he played 40 percent of the snaps mm-hmm. deep he played 38 percent, and then box 22 percent. i mean he was filling in for john a holmes like yep. that's how he really started getting his first reps was filling in for a darn a holmes injury playing nickel corner and honestly that's what i think makes him the most valuable for the season because you do have jabril peppers and it's like okay could you put him at that box yeah now i think he's gonna play like a combination of deep but what the thing that like Xavier McKinney gets a lot of uh, comparisons to Jabril Peppers and the way he plays, and I, that's one hundred percent fair. But here's where Jabril or where uh, Xavier can be like a better than Jabril. It's in man coverage. You put him in man coverage versus slot wide receivers and tight ends. I think maybe not right away, but he can be a better option than Jabril Peppers in that role. And they and they keep Jabril Peppers away from that role as much as possible. Um. You know, even go back to college. Like, look at him versus Justin Jefferson at LSU. Like, he did well in that role. And again, they played him at nickel corner. And you know why? It's like, it's like, oh yeah, did he play? You know, forty percent at corner. You want to know why? Because he did it well. Like, he played that position well. I get it was a ton of zone stuff, but he did play that position well. So, I think he is very much going. I don't think he's going to get very many box reps at all. 
Like he got 22%. I really think it's it's him and Julian Love are going to be used so differently to be like, all right, now you're a two high safety, maybe sometimes single high, but I'm going to have you down here, not at the box, but at the line of scrimmage playing man on split out tight ends, on slot receivers. And just like the toys, like we could just talk about the defense as a whole. It's like we have so many different players who can do so many different things that it's like, I don't think, I don't know what Xavier McKinney's role is going to be. Like, these player profiles and projections, it's like, okay, th- like, you know, we spend so much time on these guys, and, like, they're going to do this. This is how they'll be used. This is what they're good at. This is what they're weak at. Xavier McKinney might be my biggest unknown going into the year. It's like, what is, not even, like, how good is he going to be? It's just, like, what what is he going to do? Like, I don't know what Xavier McKinney's going to do this year. I agree with you and how the Giants are going to use him, but I'm still going to plant my foot in the ground and say that, Based off of McKinney's college film, and you know, I, I did a film breakdown with Anthony Tomato on this, and we, we broke him down after he was drafted. And based off of his college tape, I think McKinney is just much better when he is moving forward in terms of attacking whatever is in front of him, particularly in the run game, when he is moving forward and laterally versus backwards. Now, he can do that in man coverage where he's covering, you know, where he's working in man coverage and he's covering tight ends and stuff like that. But that is an area where we wanted McKinney to improve heading from Alabama was kind of like playing in zone or, you know, moving backwards laterally kind of in coverage. And I thought that his strengths was primarily kind of like in the run game, moving up, moving forward, being aggressive in that regard. So it's almost like, I don't want to say the total opposite of my evaluation, how the Giants are using him, but it's also the fact that you have Peppers there who he, you know, who would, who would I rather have in the box and who would I rather playing their role? Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers. I would much rather have Jabril Peppers for 2020. Well, and that's what has a lot to do with the unknown and him playing, you know, some more of those cornerback reps is because Jabril Peppers is that player. Like that's like, you're not going to take away those reps to give them to Xavier McKinney. That's flat out. Like if there's one thing we do know is that that will not happen. He'll get some box reps, but they're not going to be taking away like, you know, like Pepper. Now Peppers, the money I guess they will. Roll. There will be some reps where it's like, all right, we're putting Peppers too high, and McKinney's going to play down low. Like, let's throw something yeah. different at him. But here's here's where it makes sense for McKinney playing kind of like that pseudo slot corner or even just lining up at corner for cornerback reps. He did that at Alabama, kinda. Whenever there would be a wide receiver running back, somebody from the backfield basically going in motion or sometimes even just the slot wide receiver in general, he would play off ball. He wouldn't play in press, but he would be lined up as a safety, but lined up over that slot wide receiver. And he would be responsible for wherever they kind of went. So I, I, sometimes Alabama sometimes knows what plays are coming before, (laughs) before everybody else in the stadium does. But whenever there would be a swing screen, or, you know, a slot wide receiver, they would run like a little bubble screen or something like that. McKinney would be the guy to boom, jump on it, come up, run up and make a play. And you actually saw that against Arizona. There was a, bu- there was a bubble screen that they ran and McKinney comes up, makes a nice play, makes a nice tackle, just basically at the line of scrimmage and pushes a guy out of bounds. So I saw that play. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what he did at Alabama. Anytime that a guy did that or wherever he went, he was kind of responsible for mirroring him and following him. So those are the traits. I think maybe they saw that trait and that is now transferable to what his role will be this year for the Giants. In the preseason game versus the Browns, they gave him some of the Logan Ryan responsibilities. We talked about him not changing Jabril Pepper's role. Do you think he changes Logan Ryan's role at all? Logan Ryan was a cornerback in the NFL. So do we maybe see a little more like, hey, you know, 
We got McKinney high. We're bringing Logan Ryan down low a little more often than we did last year. Well, what do you well what do you mean role? Because also Logan Ryan's responsibility in the secondary, and this is a point that Carl Banks made. Xavier McKinney was like the the play caller out in that secondary. So you have your linebacker, your interior linebacker, who's the play caller kind of up front, and the and the guy that's kind of guiding the ship up there. And then you have one of your safeties leading the back the back end as well so is that what you're talking about or just more or less free strong etc cetera, etc cetera? because i don't I, I would i would want logan like, ryan to where continue they're, calling where they're aligned place. where they're aligned i don't i don't know bobby I mean, this is this is where it's just this is such a good problem that the giants have or i don't i prefer seeing him as in the box versus as a free safety. But I have a feeling the Giants view it as the opposite. Here's one thing I do know is that after the first game, the first thing I'm looking for defensively is how did Patrick Graham use these four safeties when you include Julian Love. That's what I'm looking for. Because I not, you know, this may be the least informed of PPP because like we don't know exactly what role he's going to be using. Yeah. So you got anything else on X? No, and that's a good thing. I think the fact that we don't know a lot and – you know, I like to think that we look at the Giants uh, quite a lot. We talk about the Giants quite a lot. So I can also imagine not a lot of other teams know when they see Logan Ryan, uh, Jabril Peppers, Xavier McKinney all out on the field on the same time week one. And if Julian Love is out there too, hey, let's have a party. Where are these guys going to line up? Who's the slot corner? Who's the strong safety? Who's the free safety? Nobody really knows, especially if they're moving around like in this Enigma, Aniba formation before the snap too. So I'm glad that we don't know a lot because it's a mystery, and I like mysteries sometimes. I appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go Big Blue.